Can you imagine what our America would be like if that song was true? Huh? That the light of God, the love of God, the truth of God would flow out through God's people into our land and then from our land like a beacon to the world. Why don't we talk to God about that right now for just a moment? God, God, we thank you for the United States of America, a remarkable nation, a magnificently beautiful land. We thank you, God, that we still have the freedoms to do this, to come together as people to worship you, to praise you with no anxiety or fear of a military intervention like there is in so many parts of the world. God, we lift before you our leaders, local, state, uh, and national. We have elected them to lead us, and we're asking you, please, would you guide them as they lead us? This now is an election year, and God, I'm asking, would you help us? Would you guide us with wisdom that can only come from you to know, God, who would be the wise choices going into November? You're the only one who can see the future, God. Please, would you guide us in making those wise choices? Now, Lord Jesus, we come to that wonderful time in our service where we can receive from you. We've been praising you, and now we open our hearts and our minds, and we invite the God who created the universe and the God who created each of us to speak your truth into our hearts and minds. God, you're the only one who knows what this next week and this month is going to bring into each of our lives. You can see it already. And so you know what we will need today to prepare ourselves for tomorrow. Why don't you invite God to speak into your life what he knows you're going to need, friends, because he can see your tomorrow, can't he? And God... Always in a room with this many people, there are many who came with broken hearts today, wounded experiences in their lives. And so, God, I'm asking that you would do a healing work in every one of us. Why don't you invite God to heal you right at the point of what he knows to be your greatest need? Now, thank you, God, for these moments. We enthusiastically open our hearts and minds to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And little children, we love you very much, but we've got some teachers ready for you, little ones through grade four. And I thank you, dear adults, you who pour your lives into our children. I'm happy to tell you that God is continuing to raise up the adults that we are needing, both for Saturdays and Sundays and also even for Wednesdays. I can tell you that when Sally and Butch were getting ready to go to Germany, they were very anxious about that because they were covering lots of needs. But God is faithful and he's stirring in many of you. Thank you. You've seen this picture on the screen many times over the summer. I think this may be the last time. And the journey that we have been on has been an invitation to you and to me to try to discern what is it in our lives that gives us true significance We've learned that we're significant because God made us in His image. We're significant because He loves us. We're significant because He's begun a good work in us, 
And he'll continue to do that, right? We're significant because he's involved us in his purposes all around the world. So what does it look like when it moves from one person trying to discern from God what makes me significant to a thousand people called Calvary Community Church? What does it look like, God, for us together to be significant here and in this world in your eyes? So I've got a new picture for you this morning. And you perhaps can't quite see it from where you're sitting with clarity, but there's some big banners of it out in the lobby area. It kind of tells the story in one picture of who we are. If you're fairly new to Calvary, you may not know that while we don't look like it, we're 91 years old. 91 years old since it started in 1921 in Williams Bay, Wisconsin. We've never gone anywhere. We're right here. But the elders and the pastors have been asking ourselves over the last six months, so God, who are we after 91 years? And God, who does Walworth County need us to be going forward? And so as I've been digging in God's Word and we've been working on this together, we've come up with some things that I'm going to share with you over these next weeks. When God came here in the person of Jesus, one day he and his friends found himself in a place called Caesarea Philippi. It's in the north of Israel. If you were to visit there today, you could still go to that place. It's not far from the border with Lebanon. There are several springs of fresh water there, and so it was a valuable piece of property. And there people would gather in their travels, and they'd have their picnics there, and they would start doing business there, and soon a city grew up there called Caesarea Philippi, a city that gathered people from all over the known world. And one day Jesus was there with his friends, looking out at all these throngs of people buying and selling, and he said to his friends, so what are the people saying about me? Who do they say I am? And oh, they had all kinds of answers. And finally, Jesus looked right at them. But what about you guys? Who do you say I am? I wonder if they looked at each other and kind of backpedaled just a little bit. And one of them, evidently, Peter, you know Peter, he stepped up. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Christ meaning Messiah. Jesus said, well done, Peter, that's right. But, but you didn't read that in a book someplace, and you didn't learn that from other human beings. God himself has made that known to you. And upon this truth, what you just spoke, I will build my ecclesia, is the word that he used. It means, and it's translated in the New Testament as church. You just learned a Greek word. Isn't that fun? <laughs> and upon this truth, and the power that I will pour into my ecclesia, my people, the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, gates are intended to hold people in. And the dark kingdom holds all of us in, doesn't it? In the darkness and the brokenness of our world until the power of Jesus Christ reaches in and rescues people one at a time. Aren't you glad that one day somebody shared with you about Jesus? And if you've trusted Jesus Christ, aren't you glad you're rescued? Amen? Can you see Jesus standing there saying, fellas, <laughs> I, I know you really can't picture this in your mind, but someday there's going to be a movement of people. It will eventually reach one billion people in number around the world. In every country, in every language, a movement of my people empowered by my Holy Spirit stronger than any political movement, any military movement. Nothing will be able to hold it back, and it will be a rescuing movement, rescuing people healing people. Amen? You can imagine those guys just stood there kind of in awe. 
That is where the church began. It was the idea, the, the vision of Jesus himself. And no two churches on the planet are the same. Would you agree? Oh, we're similar, but every church is unique because of us, the people who are sitting here, the people who comprise the church. And so here at Calvary, we have a name and we have a sign that has a picture on it that identifies it as, as us. I think you'll see it momentarily. There we go. As far as I know, no other church in the world has that picture or that sign. Why? What does it mean? Ecclesia means a God-chosen people, unique from all the other people in the world, called out from the mass of humanity. What that means is that God has reached into billions of people and called some to himself. And some have responded to God's call through a personal Redemption relationship with Jesus Christ. Redemption, as you know, means rescue. They've been rescued by Jesus Christ out of the darkness of their sin for a God-given, Spirit-led purpose, right? So if you've been rescued, you can join with, that sounded like Susan saying, Amen, that, that you've been rescued and you could recognize that like she and me and the person sitting next to you, if they know Jesus, you have a purpose, so what is that purpose? There's some notes in your worship folder that I invite you to take out because I'd like you to see that, that I put some thoughts there about the uniqueness of ecclesia. Peter tells us that we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We studied that a couple of weeks ago. What Jesus was saying that the gates of hell will not prevail is that he will empower ecclesia to be victorious over the dark kingdom, that no person will remain in bondage if Jesus wants to draw them out of the darkness. Amen? The, the addictions and the brokenness that harm all of us, Jesus can break any of them and heal us from them. Ecclesia is going to be that miraculous group of people through which Jesus unleashes his kingdom into the world. Remember, he said to his disciples, now you go and you love one another just as I've loved you. Oh, and by the way, how do you measure that? Well, the greatest love possible is when one man gives his life for another. That's the extreme to which you love. And when you do that, it'll change the world. The ecclesia that Jesus was talking about is unique because it required God to come here to live a perfect, sinless life and then to go all the way to the cross to pay for your sin and mine, to rise from the dead, to return back to heaven where he reigns sovereign and supreme and to send his Holy Spirit, amen, to, to birth and launch this ecclesia. So there was 120 or so of those folks who were sitting together praying and worshiping when the Holy Spirit came and they were changed. They began to speak in languages they'd never studied about the wonder and the power of God, about who Jesus really was. And Acts chapter 2 tells us that 3,000 people that day trusted the truth of who Jesus was and ecclesia started to grow. Acts 4 tells us that in a few weeks it was 5,000 people in Jerusalem. And then persecution broke out and they scattered and some of them went to a place called Antioch. And there were Jews and Gentiles, people from all kinds of backgrounds who were a part of the Ecclesia movement. And from there it went cross-cultural as the missionary movement was launched. Ecclesia, what is at its core? For, for us, if we were to ask God, what is the, the singular missional mandate that you've called us to as Calvary over 91 years and going forward? It's this little statement. To draw 
and connect people to Jesus Christ. Would you read that with me? To draw and connect people to Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. That's why we exist. Everything we do is that. Amen? Pretty simple, isn't it? But awfully powerful. Why? Why is that our mission? Because from the beginning of time, as God started creating human beings, now 300,000 a day, He creates every single one of us for the purpose of having a relationship with Him and not living in the darkness of sin, right? And for spending all of eternity with Him. So we want to be a part of His for all time purpose. Why? Because we're drawing people to Jesus Christ because Jesus is the only way to get to God. Jesus Himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father but by me, right? <laughs> We're drawing people to Jesus because he's the answer. Now, you've been wondering, Pastor Doug, aren't we going to open our Bibles this morning? Yeah, amen. Let's open them. Mark chapter 2. Let's go there together, would you? In the New Testament, the second book of the New Testament, if you didn't happen to bring a Bible, there's one under the chair in front of you. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament, and maybe yours, Jesus had come back to the town that he spent a lot of time in called Capernaum. The ruins are still there on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. And those of us who went to Israel a couple of years ago, we visited there. Only this time he didn't go into the synagogue. This time he went into somebody's home. <laughs> I don't know how big the home was, but it wasn't big enough. And pretty soon the crowd packed the house out and people were looking in the windows and the doors. Do you see what it says there in Mark chapter 2, verse 2? So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, as he spoke the truth to them. So, yes, dear Bonnie. Thank you, dear Bonnie. See, dear Bonnie is one of our dear friends from IM, and she's blind. But she can probably see truths that you and I can't see. Capernaum is on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. Thank you very much. You bet, dear Bonnie. Don't you love that? Next time you have a question, just raise your hand. I'd love to hear it. Amen? We're just a family gathering, right? Amen. Thank you, dear Bonnie. And it says here, some men came bringing a paralyzed man to Jesus. Evidently, we don't know the man's name, he had evidently seen Jesus heal people before. He was convinced that if I can somehow just get somebody to carry me to Jesus, I'll be able to walk. He needed someone to draw him to Jesus. So it tells there that he found four friends. And they brought him to Jesus. But the house was crowded and they couldn't get in. So it tells us there that they just left him laying on the ground and they said to some folks, when Jesus gets finished, would you please tell him we've left our friend here. We're busy. We've got other things to do. Bye. Is that what your Bible says? What did they do? They went up on the top of the roof and they said, Our friend's need is so real, we're not walking away from here without him connecting with Jesus. Even got to rip the roof off this house. So they did. It tells us there that they tore off the roof and they lowered the mat that the paralyzed man was on right in front of Jesus. So as he's talking to the people, all of a sudden the dust is falling on his head because they're ripping up the roof and here comes this mat right in front of him. <laughs> what if you'd have been laying on that mat? What would you have said? Gee, sorry, Jesus. Uh, I'm, sh I'm sure you were making a very important point, but uh, I'd really like to walk. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, you're bothering me here. I'm making a very important point. Instead, he said, son, 
your sins are forgiven. Now, the man had come to be healed of his paralytic problem. But Jesus knew that his problem was a deeper problem. That's why often when we pray, I ask God, would you touch us, please, at, at the need that you know we have? Because sometimes, isn't it true, we're crying out, God, would you please help me with... But that's not what the real issue is. The issue is much deeper than that. And so my hope and prayer is that if you're part of this Calvary journey with us, we're learning to say, God, you please do whatever work you know needs to be done in me because you know me a whole lot better than me, right? Well, some guys sitting in the front row didn't like that Jesus had said, your sins are forgiven. They said, well, that's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sin. So Jesus says, okay, so to show you that I am God incarnate, and I have the authority to forgive sin, how about if we do this? Son, get up off that mat. I'm healing you. And roll up your mat and take it home. And put it in the corner of your house and never forget it. Huh? You see what it says there? Get up. Take your mat and walk, verse 9. So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive your sins, I tell you, take your mat and go home. So he got up. He took his mat and he walked out in full view of all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> Can't you just see this guy? Getting up off this mat, rolling up this mat, and looking around at everybody standing for the first time in his life and then thinking, now how do I get out of this place? I, I, I know how I got in, but excuse me, excuse me, I need to get out. There. Excuse me, please. Can't you see the people watching this guy walk out who's never walked a day in his life? You see, our purpose is to draw and connect people to Jesus. It wasn't enough for them to just bring him and leave him outside the house. They needed to get him to a place where he could connect with Jesus. Because do you agree that when you have a connection, an encounter with the living God, he changes your life? Amen? I have never met a person ever who's had a legitimate, real encounter with God and then walked away saying, that was no big deal. What was that about? Every person I've ever met who's had a genuine encounter with God walks away changed, powerfully changed. Amen? And that's what we're about here. If you're visiting with us today, you came the right day. Because you, you can answer all the questions. We're just simply about drawing and connecting people to Jesus. Because, you see the third one there? You and I are not created just for these few years here on this earth. Life is eternal, but your eternal life is dependent on today. Now by that I don't mean it's dependent on how much money you put in the offering bag a minute ago. Nor is it dependent on how good you were this last week. It is dependent on one thing. What do you do with Jesus Christ? God who came here in the person of Jesus. God who paid for your sin by dying on the cross. What do you do with Jesus? If you acknowledge that he's God and you invite him to be your savior, you now have eternal life with him. But if you push him aside and say, no, there, there must be something else, you remain in your sin, right? That's powerful, overwhelming truth, isn't it? That God has called you and me to be rescuers. Rescuers by drawing and connecting people to Jesus. Today's date is the 9th. That means Tuesday of this week is September 11th. Remember? Let's watch this.
Let's do that for just a few seconds. Quietly, reverently, why don't you pray for the families who remember all too well where they were 11 years ago because there's still an empty chair at their table. God, we thank you that you have placed deep within all of us a desire to help other people in need. That's because you're a God who wants to help people in need and you made us in your image. I pray for your blessing of contentment and peace on the thousands of families that were personally and directly impacted by 9-11. In Jesus' name, amen. You remember where you were when you first heard the news that morning? I do. And 60 days later, I was there. And I went with one of the elders of the church in Fargo that I was serving at the time and one of the pastors, and we went for the purpose of encouraging and praying for firefighters and EMTs and police who were even then still putting their lives on the line for it was still smoldering 60 days later. They were still digging and hearts were still deeply broken. Now I have a question. As you looked at the pictures, did you see yourself? Because let me ask you this, what is the difference between those courageous men and women who scurried up those steps in the towers carrying hundreds of pounds of stuff to try to help rescue those who couldn't get out and you, a rescuer, knowing that there are people that you well know in this world who are living in the infernos of the darkness and the brokenness of our world and they can't get out unless someone who knows Jesus and has already been rescued helps them out. huh? That's what draw and connect to Jesus is all about. That's why everything that this ecclesia, Calvary, does, everything has as its ultimate purpose to draw and connect people to Jesus. Amen? Does that sound like a pretty good idea to you? (laughs) And so we can lay that over top of that little picture of us, Calvary. That's our mission. So how do we do that? Well, in in your notes there, I've suggested that we do that by guiding each person, each person to develop and reproduce a passionate, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. What I'm all about, what I do every moment that I'm awake, is thinking about how to help you develop a genuine, passionate relationship with Jesus Christ that's reproducing because you're helping other people know Jesus like you do. That's all that Pastor Mark does as he is awake, thinking about how he can lead us in worship to know Jesus better and help other people know him as you do. It's why I put an outline in your worship folder every week so you can keep growing and studying. It's why I write the Digging Deeper for you every week. It's why we're going to have these summit classes starting on Wednesday. Everything we do is to help you Keep growing so that you, as you're growing, can help other people who are still trapped and caught in the darkness. What I mean by it, you see, that word develop, it means spiritual growth. It means nurture. It means you're changing as you get to know Jesus. You're improving. You're becoming more and more the person that God wants you to be. 
That word reproduce in that statement means that you're passing on what you're learning to somebody else who doesn't know it. That word passionate, it, I don't have to explain that. It means you got your priorities right, right? It means you know what's really essential. You know what's non-negotiable. And that word genuine relationship, it means authentic, true, a relationship of integrity. You see, Jesus had said to his friends just before he went back to heaven, now I'm leaving you, and I'm leaving this entire vision of mine, ecclesia, in your hands. So as you're going through life, wherever you are living, tell them. Make disciples. Draw and connect people to Jesus. Help them to know me like you know me. And as they trust me to be their Savior, then baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them. Teach them all that I've taught you. And I'll be with you always. That's our purpose. That's our purpose, to grow you, to teach you, to equip you so you can help others to keep drawing and connecting people to Jesus. Why? Because 100,000 people a day or so are stepping into eternity. How many of them without knowing Jesus? I don't know. Hopefully not you, because you've had the opportunity as a part of the Calvary journey to be invited to know Jesus. So we take our picture and we say our mission is to draw and connect people to Jesus. And our focus, our central focus, is to guide each person to develop and reproduce a passionate, genuine relationship with Jesus. It, it, it means, and you've heard me say it before, friends, that we're trying to move folks from knowing about God to having an encounter with Jesus Christ. And then they have, as, the, as they have these encounters with Jesus Christ... They grow in their relationship with Him. They get to know Him. And that relationship draws other people to Jesus. So now you see what that new picture of ours means. Ecclesia. We are a missional Calvary. We're, we're doing this on purpose. It's a business plan, if I can use a business term. It's a very intentional, God-given purpose to draw and connect people to Jesus. To guide people in developing and reproducing a passionate, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. So, one last little question before we come to the table of communion. Who's next? Who's next? Who's the next person that Jesus would like to add to this ecclesia? So, can we get real practical for a minute? Take your worship folder for a second, if you would. As you know, in the back flap, there is a... Uh, a, a, a little piece that sticks out that you can tear off. I've already torn mine off. Go ahead and do that if you'd like to. You always bring a writing utensil to Calvary, right? So put the date on the top there. Today is 9-9-12. And you can go, you're going to keep this, by the way. You're not going to turn it in. You're going to keep it. You can go ahead and mark if you're a first-time visitor or if you're a member or wh whoever you are. And where it says guest of there, could I invite you to write the name Jesus. You are a guest of Jesus Christ here today. Did you know that? <laughs> you wouldn't be alive if he hadn't decided to make you. Amen. Aren't you glad he did? And you wouldn't be here if he hadn't decided to bring you here this morning. Do you believe in that? I do. You're a guest of Jesus Christ here today. Go ahead and put your name there if you'd like to. And where it says address, don't put your address there. Here's what, here's what I'd like you to do. Think about your neighborhood, where you live. 
Can you think of one person whose life would change dramatically if they would get to know Jesus Christ? If Jesus would rescue them out of that brokenness, that darkness where they live? Is there somebody who's a neighbor of yours whose life would be dramatically different if they got to know Jesus? Put their name down right there. And then the next line that's right under it, there's a, a full line there. Think about where you spend most of your time during the week. If you're employed, that's probably your workplace. If you're a student, that's probably your school. Where do you spend most of your time during the week? And ask yourself, do I know one or two people in that place where I spend most of my time during the week whose life would be entirely different if they really knew Jesus? Put their name down right there. Somebody that you think Jesus would love to rescue them and change their lives. Then down there where it says email, you see that? I've scratched out the word email on mine, and I wrote the word family. Think about your family, your immediate family and your larger extended family. Is there at least one person in your family whose life would be very different if they came to know Jesus Christ? Huh? And how much Jesus loves them. And how much Jesus would like to rescue them out of whatever their darkness is. And then I'm going to ask you to take this and put it right there in your Bible in Mark chapter 2, where we read the story about the paralyzed man. And I'm going to ask you to pray for those names every day this week. God, God, would you draw those people to yourself, Jesus? Would you connect with them, Jesus, so their lives would be different? Now, we can all pray that prayer, but here's the more difficult prayer. Are you ready for this one? Lord Jesus, would you like me to be a stretcher bearer? <laughs> Would you like me to be one that helps those people, my friends, to come to you? Would you like me to somehow be involved in drawing and connecting these people who live near me and work with me? God, would you give me the courage? Would you help me to know how? We exist to draw and connect people to Jesus Christ because we believe that when people meet Jesus, lives change. Amen? Hard hearts grow soft. Angry hearts become content. Broken hearts are healed. Relationships are restored. Hope is poured in by the power of God. Regardless of what's been done in the past, we don't live in the past. We look forward going with Jesus Christ walking with us. Amen? We exist to draw and connect people to Jesus Christ. And at the very center of that is what we're going to celebrate now, communion. Because if it wasn't for Jesus Christ going all the way to the cross for you and for me, there'd be no hope, would there? You know that the men are going to pass you uh, uh, the bread. You know that that piece of bread is a symbol. It represents the fact that God came here in the person of Jesus and the human race said no and actually nailed Jesus to a cross. Beat him. And he took upon himself the wrath of God for your sin and mine. So that as we receive that piece of bread, it's a, it's a memorial, it's a symbol of the extreme to which Jesus went so you and I wouldn't have to suffer punishment for our sin. He took it all upon Him. Amen? And it's your opportunity and mine to thank Him for what He did for you and for me. Now here at Calvary, you don't have to be a member of Calvary Community Church to take communion. We just ask, please, be sure that you've trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior at some point in your life journey. 
And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, boy, wouldn't today be a great day, right where you're sitting. You don't have to stand up and say anything to anybody. It's just between you and God. He knows everything about you. He knows every thought in your mind, every emotion in your heart. So right where you're sitting, if you've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior, if you're still in that burning building of the reality of life today, you can just say, God, you know I need rescue. You know that I'm a sinner and I can't help it. And I'm asking you to save me because I believe in the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he accomplished for me. And he promises that he'll go to work. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll draw you into relationship with himself. He'll cleanse you of the brokenness and the desperation of sin. He'll place his Holy Spirit within you and your entire life will change right where you're sitting. Let's talk to God right now. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for the great privilege now of worshiping you with communion. Thank you that you don't force it upon us. You invite us to receive it. Thank you that we receive it in your honor because of what you, Lord Jesus Christ, have done for us. Your death on the cross and your victorious resurrection, that you are a living Savior, powerful enough to rescue anyone from any reality of any burning building that they live in any broken, fractured situation, any woundedness. Thank you, God. God, while we're waiting for the men to serve us, while we're holding this piece of bread in our hands, would you please, oh God, speak your great love into our hearts? Would you help us to understand that you know us so well, you love us unconditionally, and you're ready to do whatever work you know we need you to do you're just awaiting our invitation. We worship you now, Lord Jesus Christ, with communion. Gentlemen, would you serve us, please?